Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, step right up and be stunned by the hard-hitting, body-slamming men and women of professional wrestling. And remember, you are about to enter another universe, so keep your fists up and be prepared to fight. Welcome to the world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the angle. Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast, the best hangout spot for everything pro wrestling. Now introducing your host, he's a walking, trash-talking wrestling encyclopedia, here he is, Joey Carney. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Angle. I am your host, Joey Carney, and what a weekend we just had in professional wrestling. It started off on Saturday with NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. All the way to Sunday with AEW's all-out pay-per-view in Chicago. Now, I knew we were going to get some great wrestling this weekend. But, man, after what we saw, I, I, I'm almost speechless. But I'm not because we're going to talk about it all right now here on The Angle. On Friday, we had NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff which we saw some phenomenal matches. The night started off with Noam Dar defeating Travis Banks, in which was a huge upset. I did not expect Noam Dar to get that win, but I have to say that match was probably one of the best I've ever seen from Noam Dar. He is an up-and-coming superstar. He's very young. We saw him in uh, 205 Live, did very well there, transitioned over to NXT UK, and... He's just killing it, man. I think he has a bright future on the UK brand. With that win over Travis Banks, I do see him in a future championship match. Not sure when, but we should expect that very soon from Noam Dar. We also knew that Raw's Cesaro was traveling over to the UK to sit front and center for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. He said he wanted to get up close and personal. He said that we should expect him to get physical, and that we did. He had an open challenge, which was answered by Dragunov. Cesaro, earlier in the night, issued an open challenge to anyone who wanted to step up and take on the Swiss Cyborg in a match. And that was answered by Dragunov, who I am not too familiar with. But after that match, after watching that match, I have to say, I want to learn more about this kid. He came down to the ring with such charisma. He waited for Cesaro. He called Cesaro out. And I believe that was one of Cesaro's career-altering matches. I think that that was one of the best matches I've ever seen from Cesaro. I think he could agree with that statement. Dragunov has a bright future. I'm not sure if he's going to be a mainstay on the UK brand or he'll if he'll travel over to you know uh, NXT or 205 Live or even the main roster. I'm not sure, but we will have to see. But I'm excited for the future of Dragunov. And I just have to say again, Cesaro, hell of a match. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see where you know Cesaro goes from here. We saw a new NXT UK Women's Champion in Kaylee Ray. She defeated the strong Tony Storm, which was a huge upset. I was not sure who was going to win this match. I was definitely going more towards Tony Storm retaining the title. That's not what we saw. We saw a new Women's Champion for the UK brand, Kaylee Ray, being the older mentor of uh, Tony Storm. Being friends uh, prior to the match. And Kaylee Ray just showing the world just who the hell she is. Who the hell she is on the, the NXT brand. And I'm excited to see where they go with Kaylee Ray. 
it's been difficult to see where NXT UK goes with her character. I'm not too familiar with her, but like other superstars that we saw on the show, after watching that pay-per-view, after watching that event, I'm excited to see where they go. I want to learn more about these characters. I'm hooked on NXT UK. I'm not sure about you, but this brand is growing rapidly. I expect to see more great matches. I think the brand is highly underrated. It is only on the WWE Network, but I think we will see more going forward, especially with NXT making its debut on the USA Network later in the month. But I think the talent in the UK brand have such a bright future, not only for that brand, but for the WWE in general. Now, normally I would be able to say my match of the night, but I can't decide. We had the NXT UK Tag Team Championship in a triple threat match. And we saw new NXT UK Tag Team Champions in Flash Gordon Webster and Mark Andrews. Fantastic, fantastic match. The hometown heroes from Wales took the titles, earned the titles, in which was probably one of the best tag team matches I've seen in a long, long time. Now, I've said before on the show that the wrestling, the tag team wrestling divisions in WWE are not up to par. They're embarrassing. And the WWE should be ashamed. But when it comes to the UK brand, the tag team wrestling is just one of its own. It stands alone, completely away from NXT, from 205 Live, from SmackDown and Raw. The NXT UK tag team division is something to compete with. Which leads me to my other pick for match of the night. The United Kingdom Championship match between Walter and Tyler Bate. Holy shit, what a match. Nearly an hour long, back and forth. I did not expect such back and forth action. Walter being a much, much bigger guy than Tyler Bate. But Tyler Bate proving to the world while he should be a name to be put into the hat for the title. I, I just I couldn't believe what I saw from Tyler Bate. One of the best matches I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And I've seen a lot, a lot of matches. That was not only an aggressive, hard-hitting match, but the storytelling. I, I can't even describe to you what I felt watching that match, seeing Tyler Bate take those beatings, you know, getting his face kicked in, getting dropped on his head, you know, being jumped on off the top rope, thrown, powerbombed on the apron, powerbombed on the, on the post. The beating he took, I... I no, I, I can't believe he's even standing after that match. But I can only tell you that I was just so impressed with both athletes. I didn't know much about Walter. I knew he was a big uh, indie star before coming to you know WWE. Tyler Bate has been here for a while. And he kind of slipped off being in the tag team division uh, with Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven. And then going into you know the trio with Pete Dunne being British Strong Style. But him stepping up to Walter... And giving him the you know the match that he did, I, I'm I was almost speechless watching that match. I was standing, like my heart was racing. I was biting my nails. It was just one of those matches that you just you see only once in a life, once in a while, and I, I, I just couldn't believe it. The the match ended, and at that point I was like, just please end this because the beating was just so brutal. Tyler Bate kept getting up. He was shaking up. He was getting ready. He was. Jumping off the mat after, you know, 40 minutes of the match. It was just incredible, incredible. Walter retaining the title, bringing the title to Imperium. 
I, I just can't even describe to you the feeling that went through my body watching that match. Watching that entire event to begin with was just fantastic. Hats off to the NXT UK brand, to Triple H, to everyone in the back putting on that show. They were not coming to play around. They knew that AEW was going to be on Sunday, and they were not messing around. And I believe NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff was very, very hard to compete with. Which leads me into Sunday's event, AEW's All Out pay-per-view, selling out the Sears Arena in Chicago. There was a lot of speculation going to this event of who was going to show up, what was going to happen. Was CM Punk going to debut in AEW? Was John Moxley going to show up even though he pulled out with a staph infection? What was going to happen? We had the casino buy-in match for with the winner going on to be in the title match, the women's title match when AEW starts up in October. We saw that won by none other than Nyla Rose. The AEW's version of Nia Jax, sort of say. She outlasted 21 other women coming into the match first and defeating everyone, getting her shot for the AEW Women's Championship when AEW goes live on TNT. We saw superstars like Britt Baker, the doctor, Britt Baker. We saw Jazz making her AEW debut. We saw Tennille Dashwood, formerly known as Emma in the WWE. We saw Awesome Kong. We saw Brandy Rose. We saw a lot of superstars. I was excited. I felt like this was a match. It should have been labeled the most underrated women's superstars in the last 20 years because all of the women in this match were just stars that never really got their break, which I think is why they're all in AEW now. I love seeing it. And like I said, 21 women later, Nyla Rose won the Casino Battle Royal earning her spot in the, to become the first ever AEW Women's Champion when AEW goes live. We had the Cracker Barrel Clash, which was between... It was a triple threat match between Darby Allin, Joey Janela, the bad boy, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc. I was cringing watching this match. It was almost impossible to watch without cringing. Uh, we saw tax. We saw a, a skateboard with tax on the bottom. We saw Tax put into a man's mouth, taped shut. We watched Tax uh, put into a man's back. We saw a man jump off the top rope with a barrel onto steel steps, crashing and burning onto no one but the steps, but the steel steps. We saw a man's face get stapled, a man's forehead get stapled. Jimmy Havoc stapled the crap out of everybody. He stapled Joey Janela's head. He stapled his arms. And then we saw uh, Darby Allen. And Joey Janela, like I said, put tacks in Jimmy Havoc's mouth, tape it shut, and tape him to a chair. And then jump off the top rope onto him while he's taped to a chair. Freaking impressive. Freaking scary. I was cringing. There was blood. It was just... It was a Cracker Barrel clash. Let's just say that. What I've been realizing with Darby Allen, he somehow gets himself put into the big, biggest spots of the matches. It was... Uh, some say it's reckless. Some say it's... Just part of the storytelling of his character. Um, I say it hurts. It, it just it hurts to watch that. I mean, this this kid is young. He's got a bright future ahead of him, but those ma those types of spots take years off your career. So he definitely has to be careful going forward, which I doubt he will. But that just makes him Darby Allen and why he is so popular. Now, Havoc took the fewest bumps in the match, uh, which is why he ended up getting the win. Uh, the storytelling there, the the 
realistic outlook on that match um, is what I think AEW is looking for. Uh, and that, to me, was just a great way to tell that story. Havoc taking, like I said, the fewest bumps, getting the win. He wasn't as injured, he wasn't as burned out, and he got the win. Now, the original match we were expecting to see was Kenny Omega taking on John Moxley. We saw months and months of build-up, run-ins. It started with uh, John Moxley's debut to the AEW company in May, targeting Kenny Omega, which obviously led to this match. But because of a staff infection, only 10 days ago, prior to the match, John Moxley unfortunately had to pull out of the match. And who stepped up to take a spot? None other than Pac. Formerly known as Neville in the WWE, the bastard Pac finally made his anticipated, his highly anticipated debut to the AEW company, taking on Kenny Omega in which was an A-rated match for the night. This match was so back and forth. We saw some uh, German suplexes by Pac, some devastating German suplexes. We saw Kenny Omega get a lot, a lot of hard kicks, hard punches. Overall, like I said, this match getting an A for the night. Now, I'm not going to lie. There were some botches in that match. I definitely saw some mishaps in that match. But this match only being announced just a few days before because of the unfortunate injury of John Moxley, I do understand that. Uh, but these two being two of the best wrestlers in the world, putting on one of the best matches of the night, not even the night, the best matches, one of the best matches of the year. But what everybody is talking about is the result of the match. We saw Pac defeat Kenny Omega, not by pinfall, not by submission. We saw Kenny Omega lose that match by the referee stopping the match. Now, where does Kenny Omega stand on the roster? He was expected to, to face John Moxley, and he had, you know, the match changed to Pac, and he lost. The crowd was stunned. Everybody watching on stunned. Everybody was very vocal on Twitter about that ending. Almost a 23-minute match. Suplexes. Hard hits. No red arrow. But we saw a submission move put on to uh, Kenny Omega. And with this win, I think because it was so unexpected, we see Pac becoming one of the top heels in the company of AEW very quickly. But if you were just new to the AEW roller coaster, you've probably heard one name over and over and over again. And that being Cody, the American Nightmare. Now what I've realized about Cody is that he obviously gets to handpick his opponents, being one of the, you know, one of the people involved in the creation of AEW, but he gets to pick his own opponents. And he uses real life stories. For example, we've seen him in matches with or in a match with his brother, Dustin Rhodes a sibling rivalry that we never got to see in WWE, which led to a tag team match between Cody and Dustin taking on the greatest tag team in the world of professional wrestling, the Young Bucks, leading to the match on Sunday between Cody and his former best friend, Sean Spears, who was formerly known as Ty Dillinger in the WWE. Now, I have to make a reference to the WWE Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, on what he said earlier on their episode of Busted Open. He said that Cody is AEW's version of Dusty Rhodes. Cody picks the stories that have the most emotion involved in them, uh, not necessarily the greatest wrestling matches on the show, not even the, the matches with the most wrestling in them. It's more of the storytelling behind the match, and that is why 
Bully has said that Cody is AEW's version of a of Dusty Rhodes, and I couldn't agree more. Seeing Dusty, seeing Dusty Rhodes in his earlier days in the NWA, there's so many similarities between him and Cody that they're endless. And I think that's what Cody is trying to do. Not necessarily uh, imitate his father, but I think because he knows his father has such a great mind for the business that he wants to follow the lead, follow his father's lead, and grow AEW as Dusty did. But if you look at the entire card, almost nearly five hours of wrestling, which match stands out the most? It's obviously Cody versus Sean Spears, and that's because of the storytelling. That's because of how much emotion was put into that match, the, the emotion that was pulled out of the fans. And it wasn't necessarily one of the best wrestling matches of the night, not necessarily one of the longest matches of the night. It didn't even have that many moves in the match. It was just heavily involved with emotion and storytelling. And this leads me to think that, is AEW really different, a really different product from the rest? They claim to be wrestling-based, which I obviously understand having no backstage interviews or promos the entire night. We saw one vignette for a uh, new signee to the company, but we did not see any promos or interviews. So yes, I do understand they are wrestling-based, but when it comes to the storytelling, is this the same? Can we say the same? AEW claims to be completely different, a completely different product than WWE and all the rest of the other companies, but... Are they really? Are we really seeing something different? I mean, storytelling is a huge part of wrestling, and AEW claims to be more wrestling-based, but you have to have storytelling on a wrestling show. They go hand-in-hand, hand. and with Cody's matches, we're seeing more storytelling than wrestling. So is that really true that we're seeing a more wrestling-based show? I'm not too sure about that. But I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know if you think the same thing or maybe something different. I want to hear your rebuttal. You can tweet us at The Angle Radio on Twitter anytime, any day. We want to hear your thoughts on professional wrestling. I do want to talk some more about this Cody vs. Sean Spears match. It was one of the matches of the night, if not the match of the night. It was one of my favorite matches of the entire event. Uh, we obviously saw, obviously saw J, uh, MJF in the corner of Cody. We saw Tully Blanchard in the corner of uh, Sean Spears. Tully being a former member of the Horsemen, uh, having a huge, huge, long history, uh, rivalry with Dusty, so obviously playing into the Cody angle there. Um, but we saw some involvements other than that. We saw the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, make his AEW on-screen debut. Another Horseman getting involved in the match, running down and attacking Sean Spears, with one of the best spine busters in the business. And once Arn made the save, we finally saw that match become one-on-one -on -one between Cody and Sean Spears. Cody hitting the uh, disaster kick into a steel chair off the face of Sean, hitting the crossroads for the win, getting redemption over his former best friend, Sean Spears. Now we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this. What's up, Angle fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Angle Radio for your full, all-access backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's at The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the studio. Welcome back to The Angle. I'm your host, Joey Carney, and thank you for tuning in. Now, the next match that we saw at AEW's All Out event on Sunday probably had one of the most, if not the most, scariest spots I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Nearly tw over 20 years of me watching professional wrestling, and this was probably the scariest I've ever seen. 
But it was the Escalera de la Muerte match for the AAA Tag Team Championship. A ladder match between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. It was a crazy, fast-paced match. We saw tables and ladders set up only to get knocked down very quickly. Close match. Too too close to call, actually. I couldn't really just... Could decide who I thought was going to win. We saw the Lucha Brothers get really close to getting the titles. Then we saw the Young Bucks getting really close to get the titles. We saw someone's mask come off by mistake or intentionally. I still don't know if, what that was. We saw the Lucha Brothers hit an assisted package pile driver onto a ladder off the top rope. Never seen this before. I was cringing. It was scary. But it was just enough to keep the Young Bucks down. Because at the end of the night, we saw the Lucha Brothers defeat the Young Bucks to retain the AAA World Tag Team Championship. And just as everyone started to heavily talk about this match, we saw two masked men come down to the ring and beat down everybody. The Lucha Brothers. And it revealed themselves to be Santana and Ortiz, better known as LAX. One of the best tag teams in the world of professional wrestling today. We knew they were free agents. We heard some reports that they were talking or they were in talks to go to WWE. They were formerly in Impact Wrestling being one of the best tag teams the company has ever seen. But like I said, they were in, there was reports that they were in talks with WWE. And there was reports that they were in talks with AEW. And guess what? AEW got them. Santana and Ortiz, the LAX from Puerto Rico, are now in AEW. And I tweeted it out while the show was happening, while I was watching that exact moment. AEW has the strongest tag team division in the world, in any wrestling company. They have the best tag team division. We have the Young Bucks. We have the Lucha Brothers. We have LAX. We have the Dark Order. We have the Best Friends. We have, I just, I can't even tell you how many tag teams we have. We have so many tag teams. AEW said it before that they are focusing on tag team wrestling, and I think that's what we're seeing because we have the greatest tag teams in the world here at AEW. Now we're going to get into the main event of the night to crown the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. The match was between the pain maker, the GOAT, Y2J, Chris Jericho, taking on the hangman, Adam Page. Now, Page had said it earlier. He was coming down to the ring as a real cowboy, and he did just that. He entered the arena Rode down to the ring on a horse, just as any true cowboy would. Now, I predicted the, the winner of this match when the when the match was first announced months ago. Uh, Jericho had to win this match. He had to become the first ever AEW World Champion, the inaugural AEW World Champion, to legitimize the company, to legitimize the title, to really show the wrestling world that AEW is here. Now, it did get too close to call during that match. We did see Adam Page, the hangman Adam Page, get really close to taking the title to becoming the first ever champion. He had claimed in a promo that he wanted blood and guts because Jericho busted him open at Fighter Fest, and he wanted blood and guts. And guess what? That's exactly what he got. He busted open Jericho. He hit him right above the eye. Jericho was bleeding everywhere. I, I was actually scared they were going to stop the match. You, don't, you saw that he was in pain. It was it was evident that he was in pain. He was bleeding a lot. But it came down to the last few seconds of the match. Boom. A surprise Judas effect by Chris Jericho to seal the victory over Adam Page to become the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. What a match. What a victory. And AEW has its inaugural World Heavyweight Champion in the GOAT, in the Painmaker, 
in Y2J Chris Jericho. Now, this match was a little difficult to kind of uh, understand the storytelling. Uh, you know, Paige came in as the underdog, the baby face of the match, um, who has often been, who's never really been the underdog. He's usually the, the main pick to win his matches. Uh, Jericho got busted open and, you know, kind of played, you know, the baby face. Usually when you see a superstar get busted open, it's usually by a heel, um, which is a little questionable. I maybe possibly thought we were getting a double turn. The referee was getting into it with Hangman Page. The page uh, Hangman Page was, you know, stepping up to the referee. I didn't know if we were seeing a double turn. Uh, you know, he started getting some boos from the crowd. Uh, but it was Jericho, uh, despite the injury, you know, getting the win. Um Showing the world that, you know, even though Hangman Page is going to be, if not already, one of the top guys in AEW, he's just not ready for that spot. Uh, we have to let him grow a little bit. And I couldn't agree more. I think that Jericho, like I said, was the best choice to have win the inaugural championship. To not only, one, prove to the world that AEW is here, but to legitimize the title, to legitimize the company. And that's what exactly happened. Chris Jericho, the new first ever AEW World Champion. I ran some polls on Twitter, and I would like to share the results with you because they were actually quite uh, interesting. So I asked on Twitter at the Angle Radio, "What did everybody think of tonight's event?" You know, obviously being AEW's All Out. Out of 84 votes, we had 51% say it was fantastic, 32% it was okay, 1% there's always that one percent who said it was horrible, and 15% didn't watch. Which is surprising because we do, we see different results when talking about WWE. I run the same poll after WWE events, and usually it's we get either okay or horrible, uh, and that says a lot about what the fans think of professional wrestling today. So, like I said, fifty one percent enjoyed the event. They said it was fantastic out of eighty four votes. I also have to make a comment about the commentary we saw at AEW. This was one of the best commentary nights I've seen in a long, long time. We know that when AEW first started, we had JR and the team, you know, they weren't really uh, syncing together properly, but I think after a few events, they got it together. JR was fantastic on the mic. I saw him go after baby faces. I saw him go after heels. JR giving his best insight, the best insight in professional wrestling, on the event. It was fantastic. I just have to give props to the commentary team. There was no nonsense. There was no bullshit. It was strictly about the wrestling and the wrestling that was going on in the ring. So, like again, congrats on uh, that commentary team. To that commentary team, they put on one hell of an event. Now, one of the most interesting polls that I ran, uh, I asked, what match did you enjoy more? Uh, the Either Walter versus Tyler Bate from NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff or Adam Page or first Chris Jericho for the AEW Championship from AEW's All Out. And with a, a total of 91 votes, we saw 58%. 58% of nearly 100 votes picked Walter versus Tyler Bate from NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, which is really impressive because you know everyone was talking about Adam Page versus Jericho. We know that Adam Page and Jericho are more popular superstars than Walter and Tyler Bate, but it was, a, it was also for the first ever AEW championship wrestling history being made right in front of our eyes and people thought that Walter versus Tyler Bate was a better match so although the wrestling fans are loving 
and praising AEW, WWE still is comparable. They put on a better match. Uh, and I believe the same thing. I have to say that Walter versus Tyler Bate was a better match than Adam Page versus Jericho. I have to agree with eighty. Uh, I have to agree with the fifty-eight percent of the nearly a hundred votes claiming that that match was better. Now, another poll that I ran throughout the night was asking who was leaving the first ever AEW champion. In thirty-four votes, we had seventy-six percent say it was going to be Chris Jericho. Very predictable, and I think that's why the match was not as great as uh, Walter versus Tyler Bate from NXT Takeover Cardiff is because it was very predictable. We knew that Jericho was going to win that title. He had to win that title. He even claimed that if he did not win, that the legacy of Jericho would be dead. Now, I did run a poll uh, almost nearly in the middle of the AEW event of All Out, asking what was your opinion you know, thus far. And out of nearly 40 votes, we had 54% say it was okay. So between the middle of the event and towards the end, we saw a wrapping increase in uh, in votes to say that it was a fantastic event. So that was pretty cool to see that analytic. Uh, obviously, the first half not doing as well as the second half of AEW's All Out. Uh, so that's something to note. But I do have to agree with that statement. The matches towards the end of the night were what I wanted to see. Despite being, or despite having uh, Pac versus Kenny Omega towards the beginning of the event. Uh, so that's that was shocking to see that. But I do have to agree with the fans on Twitter. Now, the last poll I want to talk about today was during the Cody versus Sean Spears match. I asked Twitter, do you see MJF turning on Cody? We've seen some sort of seeds planted for a turn, possibly either tonight or that night or in the future. Out of nearly 50 votes, 84% said that they, yes, were seeing MJF turning on Cody. Towards the end of the match, or at the end of the match, we saw MJF pick up a chair and kind of look at Cody Strange. I thought it was going to happen then. Not sure why it would even happen. MJF has been there for Cody. Cody uh, obviously picking MJF to be in his corner. Uh, but maybe we're going to see some sort of alignments of MJF and Sean Spears down the road. I'm not sure. But like I said, out of nearly 54, out of nearly 50 votes, 84% said yes, they see MJF turning on Cody. Now, when it was all said and done, I asked the fans on Twitter, what was the better event? NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff or AEW's All Out? And out of nearly 150 votes, we got a 50% draw, which was shocking, but it was a draw. So the final pick is going to go to me, and I'm going to have to say out of both events, out of all the matches we saw, I'm going to have to say that NXT TakeOver Cardiff was the better event. Overall, we obviously saw nearly a five-hour event with AEW's All Out. We saw more matches. But it doesn't matter how many matches you put on a show. It doesn't matter how long you go on for. It only matters about if the matches itself are great matches. And I have to say that NXT TakeOver Cardiff, every match was fantastic. The storytelling was up to par. The moves were great. Everything was great. So with nearly 150 votes, bringing that big draw between which event was better, I'm going to have to break that break that tie and go with NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Now before we wrap up today's show, I want to get into my top five hotspots for this weekend's wrestling events overall across the board. 
at number five, I'm going to have to go with the new NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray. A big victory over Tony Storm at NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, planting her at the number five spot for this week's top five hotspots. At number four, I'm going to have to go with also from NXT UK, the new NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Mark Andrews and Flash Gordon Webster, for winning the Tag Team Championship in a triple threat match, which was probably one of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen. At number three, I'm going to have to go with the Bastard, Pack. He got an impressive strong win over Kenny Omega at AEW's All Out on Sunday night. It wasn't a pin. It wasn't a submission. The referee had to stop the match because Kenny couldn't go any longer. So at number three, Pack. At number two this week, I'm going to have to go with NXT UK World Heavyweight Champion Walter. An impressive strong win over Tyler Bate. The match of the weekend Tyler Bate versus Walter for the NXT UK Championship, nearly an hour long. But Walter retained his title, claiming his stake with the Imperium in NXT UK and also planning his spot at number two this week on the top five hotspots. Now closing out this week's, this weekend's top five hotspots is none other than the new and first ever inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho with no explanation but other than a thank you. So again, this weekend's Pro Wrestling Top 5 Hotspots. By the angle, number 5, we have the new NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray. At number 4, we have the new NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Mark Andrews and Flash Gordon Webster. At number 3, we have the Bastard Pac from AEW. Number 2, we have the NXT UK World Heavyweight Champion, Walter and closing out this weekend's top five hotspots, the first ever, the inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion, the pain maker, the GOAT, Y2J, Chris Jericho. Now I want to hear your thoughts, your questions, your concerns regarding pro wrestling, regarding this event. We have Monday Night Raw tonight, so I want to get into a few conversations on Twitter. Like I said, you can tweet us at The Angle Radio any day, anytime. This is the wrestling fan's best spot to be. And we want to hear everything you want to talk about. So tweet us at The Angle Radio on Twitter. And let's get into a conversation. Let's get into a brawl on social media and talk about everything pro wrestling. But for now, I'm your host, Joey Carney. And this is The Angle.